You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, it's good to have everybody here tonight. I appreciate you guys letting me do this. Bill. <laughs> We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 7 tonight. Hebrews chapter 7. And we'll be starting on verse 23. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23. We'll read on down to the end of the chapter. And while we're turning there, I just want to give you a context of what we're reading. Hebrews chapter 7 is a great chapter, and it highlights the difference between the Old Covenants and the New Covenants, the difference between the Aaronic Priesthood and that of Melchizedek. Christ Jesus, how he's far greater than that of Aaron, and how we have a high priest far greater than the priests of the Old Testament. And it's, it's a great verse, it's a great chapter, and it just kind of gives us confidence as believers as well that, hey, we're under grace, we've got a priest that is far greater than anything in the Old Testament and in the Old Testament law. So Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23, we'll start there. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's, For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. So that going into detail is talking about Jesus Christ and how he's far greater than that of Aaron and the Aaronic priesthood. And the reason why he is far greater than them and the reason why we have this awesome new covenant, awesome new dispensation is the fact that Jesus is still living today. He forever liveth. Amen. He's sitting at the right hand of God. And in the Old Testament, that didn't happen. Aaron died. All the priests throughout the generations died, so they had to keep on doing the same traditions, the same rituals. But the fact that Jesus Christ died, resurrected, rose again the third day, and is now alive, sitting at the right hand of God, he is our high priest, and he um, is always there for us. He's, he's um, there uh, intercessing for us on a daily basis, Amen. the intercessory of Christ. And that's a great thing to think about for the believer. It's a, it's a great confidence that we have, that we have Christ as our propitiation, as our advocate, and he intercesses for us on a daily basis. Yeah. He's the high priest. He's the perfect priest. And it, give us com- it gives us confidence as believers because he is the intercessory Christ, and because he intercesses for us, we are able to overcome temptation overcome trials, overcome the wiles of the devil, the fiery darts of the wicked that is thrown our way as believers because we have Christ at the right hand of God intercessing for us. It's a great confidence for the believer. But I want to focus um, for a few moments primarily on that of sinners coming to repentance and how these verses, how Christ is the intercessor and how he is our high priest gives sinners confidence as well. Amen. And the salvation of that. So my text verse is Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Look with me if you would. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. 
Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to preach tonight, Lord. Thank you so much for all that you've done for me, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for um, our pastor, Lord, uh, giving me a man of God that's able to uh, teach me and help me and help me grow, Lord. Um, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for saving my soul, Lord, and giving me confidence in that, that blessed assurance that I have, Lord, that confidence in you, Lord. And I just ask that you please give... Um, just speak through me, Lord. Uh, take the preeminence in this message tonight, Lord. I want them to see that you are the Holy One. You are the Great One, and I want you to get all the glory, Lord. Have the preeminence in my life, in this message, Lord, in this church, and um, just take every ounce of selfishness, every ounce of me out of this message here tonight, and let's just glorify your name and all that we do, Lord. Open up the hearts of the people listening tonight. Speak through me, and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 7. Verse 25 is one of the best verses in Scripture. It's one of the ones that we tend to memorize from time to time. We study it. It's something that uh, gets us excited as believers. It, it gets us happy. It's something that we quote on a daily basis. And it's something that, um, it's the best news that I can give to you here tonight. It's the best news ever that Jesus Christ can save anybody, anytime, Amen. and anywhere. That's Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. It's a perpetual promise. Right there, it's talking about that assurance in salvation that we're saved not just once, but when we're saved, not just once we can lose that salvation, but once we're saved, we're saved for eternity. Amen. We cannot lose that salvation. It's an assurance that we can rejoice about. Amen. It gets me excited, and that's the best news that we have. And the reason why we have that is because we have that perfect priest, the priest that was higher than Aaron, that priest that was higher than the old covenant, and the, 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 the priests of the Old Testament. It's something far greater with Christ Jesus. That perfect promise comes from that perpetual, uh, that perfect priest comes from that perpetual promise. Let me get my words right. That perfect priest comes from the perpetual promise that we have. See, he gives us a promise here in Hebrews chapter 7, telling us that we cannot lose our salvation. Amen. We cannot lose it. We can have assurance about it, knowing that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and he's always there, intercessing for us. We can never lose that salvation, and that is awesome. Amen. That gets me excited. Notice now, Hebrews 7.25 does not say he is able to save. And that's it. He is able to save. No, he goes more into detail there. It's he is able to save them to the uttermost. Amen. He is able to save to the uttermost. And that word uttermost is key for believers. It's key for sinners coming to repentance. You take that word out there, and hey, you might be able to lose your salvation if you're just taking that verse out of context and only using that verse. But Christ goes farther than that. He says he is able to save them to the uttermost. Amen. And that means we cannot lose our salvation. The term uttermost means wholly, entirely, completely, and fully to the end. Yes. So that's what we have in Christ Jesus. Once we've called upon Jesus Christ, he did not just save us for a time being, save us and want us to do well, do good works, and if we do that, we can keep our salvation. The Bible says that he saved us to the uttermost. Right, right there, that verse is saying he saved you completely, entirely, fully to the end. It is not of us whatsoever. There is nothing I can do to lose my salvation. Amen. It's not about me. It's about Christ. It's about the fact that he is the high priest and he intercesses for us on a daily basis. Yes, he has saved us to the uttermost. He has saved us completely, fully, 
wholly and entirely to the end because it's not me. It's not my doing. If that was the case, I could have lost my salvation. I would have lost my salvation so many times over again. But because I called upon Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I've got that uttermost salvation, that salvation that I can rejoice about, that salvation that I can get excited about because I've got that perpetual promise and I've got that perfect priest. It gets me excited because I am a pathetic, and worthless sinner in and of myself. I would have lost it completely, but that uttermost salvation, I can rejoice at that fact knowing that I am saved for eternity. I cannot lose that, and that gets me so excited. It thrills my soul. But that uttermost salvation is key for the Christian. Yes, sir. That uttermost salvation means it's eternal. We need that uttermost salvation. It's the key to the Christian life. You take that out, and this doctrine is so different. We need that uttermost salvation. Yes. And now you can say, Michael, why do we need that? Why are you putting so much emphasis on uttermost salvation? I, I hear people saying, I got saved. Why, why is that? Why can't we just leave it at that? Why is uttermost salvation so key? Because we are uttermost sinners. Amen. Amen? We right. are completely wicked in and of ourselves. Right. We need salvation to the uttermost Good. because we are sinners to the uttermost. We need that uttermost salvation because we are sinners to the uttermost. Before we got saved, we were on our way to a literal burning hell for eternity because we are awful, wicked, perverted sinners in and of ourselves. The Bible says, for all have sins and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. That right there says I'm a sinner to the uttermost. Mm -hmm. I am a completely fully, entirely sinner in and of myself. My whole nature is not going to get better. I am awful. I am a sinner to the uttermost. And that takes me away from the Almighty God. That old nature deserves to be punished. That old nature puts me away from God's holy standards. Yes, sir. I'm telling you right now, because I am a sinner to the uttermost, I was on my way to a literal burning hell. I was lost. And sinners today, they are lost. And on their way to hell. Lost is the most terrible word in the world. It's a scary word. I've seen people lose their keys. Lose their wallets. I lost my wallet today actually. Lose their wallets. Lose their phone. Lose their purse. I've seen people lose their child. But there is nothing more scary than losing your soul. Losing your soul. It's the most terrible word in the world. It's the darkest word in the world as well. Outer darkness. Matthew chapter 8 verse 12 says, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There is nothing more terrifying than knowing that you are lost and on your way to hell. Before we accepted Christ, we were uttermost sinners who were on our way to a literal burning hell. It's the most terrible word in the world. It's the darkest word in the world. But thank the Lord, we've got that assurance of salvation. We know that we are uttermost sinners. And once we recognize that fact, once we accept that uttermost salvation, we are saved for eternity and we cannot lose it. We are on our way to heaven. We are a son of God. We're in the royal family of God. And we've got riches in Christ Jesus. That assurance of salvation can get us excited. It can help us live a holy, undefiled life. That uttermost salvation. I like how Dr. Ronnie Simpson puts it. He says, when we were sinners to the uttermost, when we had that utter, when we were uttermost sinners, we were thinking lost, lost, lost. We were, we were scared of about, about that fact. Uttermost sinners are saying lost, lost, lost. But once we accepted Jesus Christ as our savior, once we accepted that uttermost salvation, we weren't saying lost, lost, lost. We were lifting up our hands and saying cross, 
cross, cross. I'm telling you right now, that's all it is. It's not me. It's not me whatsoever. It's not you. When we accepted Christ Jesus, it's promise of Christ and Christ alone, accepting his righteousness, accepting his gift. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. And we need to get excited about that. Amen. That's something that we need to rejoice about. That's something that I've been um, humbled about in seeing Aaron and his walk with the Lord. There's, he just makes me so excited to see what the Lord's done in his life. I can't, he's not much of a talker here, but man, when we get in the car, he likes to talk. And I love it. It is awesome. I love him so much. But when we drive with him, I can't tell you. It's happened um, more than one occasion, probably more than five times. We're driving, and he just says, man, I just can't believe that I got saved. I can't believe that I got saved. I I just have to keep on thinking about it and saying it. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm telling you right now, we need to be more like Aaron in that. We need to lift up our hands and say, hey, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. That uttermost salvation. It's exciting. We need to look to the cross and rejoice at that fact. And now in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, he breaks it down on why we cannot lose our salvation, who we are in Christ Jesus, and how that uttermost salvation is key to the Christian life. He breaks it, he breaks it down perfectly. You see here, uttermost salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. Look at verse 25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Right there we see he is able. Amen. Him and him alone. Yeah. Look at the word he. Right there we see that it's in a person. It's not in a church. It's not in being a good person. It's not in, in and of ourselves. It's not uh, baptism whatsoever. It is in Christ and Christ alone. That's it. The Bible says in John chapter uh, 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's in Christ Jesus. It's through Christ Jesus and Christ alone. That's right. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under in heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Right there we see it is in a person, and that's, that person is our perfect priest. Right. That perpetual promise comes from our perfect priest, and it's only in him. You're going to see a lot of people try to influence you and try to say, Oh, Buddha, Allah, they're all the same person. It's okay. Jesus, they're all, they're all the same. You can get to heaven many ways. It's just being a good person. That is not what the Bible says. Amen. That is not what the Bible Amen. says. It is in Christ and Christ alone. And we need to realize that. We need to know it and take hold of it. Yes. And we need to rejoice about that fact because the fact that Christ did that and gave us that promise, gave us that assurance, you don't get that anywhere else. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. He is able. Then he goes farther there in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. We see the he, but then he goes on and says is. Right there we see that it is in the present tense. Yes. It's in a person, but it's in the present tense. That, that, right, that, that right there says salvation is continual and forever. You cannot lose it. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I go and live a wicked, awful, sinless life. We don't want to do that. We, we love the Lord so much. But even if I did that, I could not lose my salvation because it's continual and forever. He is able. It gets me excited. It's not that he was saving. 
but can't now. It's not that he will be saving, but can't now. But praise the Lord, he is saving. He is continually saving. He is saving me. He is my intercessor. He is my advocate. He is our propitiation. He is our comforter. He is our savior. And he is able, amen, amen, to save us to the uttermost. Amen. Then he goes further into detail there. We see the he, we see the is. Now look at the word able there. That means he has the power as well. The term able there in the Greek is actually the same word used for physical power. He is power. He is able. He has the power because Christ is power. That's right. That's right. He is able Amen. to save us to the uttermost. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. You see, Christ has the power to save the most worthless sinner. Think about all of the most worthless, putrefying sinners in this world. I'm telling you right now, the Lord can save them. The Lord can save them because it's uttermost salvation. It's far above anything that we can think of. It's not just somebody saving somebody from a fire or saving somebody from a a car or a doctor saving somebody's life. It's not like that. It is uttermost salvation. He can save them to the uttermost. He can save the drunkard. He can save the alcoholic. He can save the pervert. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm telling you right now, Christ can save them. We see that in the Bible. We see that in the Bible all throughout. He can save murderers like Paul, drunks like Noah and Lot, harlots like Rahab, cussers like Simon Peter, thieves like Matthew, adulterers like Samson and David, and doubters like Thomas. You see, Christ is able to save them to the uttermost. He is able to save us to the uttermost, and he has. If you called upon Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we have that confident assurance. We have that power, and we can rejoice and get excited about that. If there is anything that the Bible teaches, it is that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Yes, sir. I was lost and on my way to hell until Christ came to me. Amen. Amen. He came seeking me out. I called upon Jesus Christ. I accepted him. I had that uttermost salvation. And man, I can have that for eternity. And I will have that for eternity in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you right now, that's what the Bible preaches. That's what the Bible talks about. That assurance and salvation and that Christ wants to save. Every book in the Old Testament testifies to the fact that he saves. From Genesis to Revelation, we see that Jesus Christ saves to the uttermost. In Genesis, it's the seed. In Exodus, it's the deliverer. In Leviticus, it's the high priest. In Numbers, it's the walk. In Deuteronomy, it's the law. In Joshua, it's the captain. In Judges, it's perfect judgment. In Ruth, it's the bridegroom. In First and Second Samuel, he anoints. In First and Second Kings, he wins all of our battles. Amen. In First and Second Chronicles, it's divine standpoints. In Ezra, he's a scribe. In Nehemiah, he's a rebuilder. In Esther, he's the intervention. In Job, it's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Psalms, he's the song. In Proverbs, it's the wisdom of God. In Ecclesiastes, it's the preacher. In Song of Solomon, it's the lover of my soul. In Isaiah, it's Lord high and lifted up. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, it's the weeping. In Ezekiel, it's knowing that he is God. In Daniel, it's the furnace. In the Minor Prophets, it's the one that they were looking for. In Matthew, it's Jesus. In Mark, it's the servants. In Luke, it's the physician. In John, it's his humanity. In Acts, it's the Holy Spirit. In Romans, it's whosoever. Amen. In First and Second Corinthians, it's the church order. In Galatians, it's the end of the law. In Ephesians, it's adoption and joint heirs with Christ. In Philippians, it's continual rejoicing. In Colossians, it's preeminence. In First and Second Thessalonians, it's his return. In First and Second Timothy 
it's the encourager. In Titus, it's grace. In Philemon, it's slave. In Hebrews, it's intercessor. In James, it's believing and behaving. In First and Second Peter, it's joy unspeakable. In First, Second, and Third John, it's the advocate. In Jude, it's making a difference. And in Revelation, it's the white horse. I'm telling you right now, the Bible points to the fact that Jesus saves. He can save us to the uttermost. He can save us worthless, completely, entirely wicked sinners because he is our perfect priest. He is our high priest, and he gives us that perpetual promise. So notice now we see that we were sinners to the uttermost. But once we accepted Christ as our Savior, we were... We experience that salvation to the uttermost. Sinners to the uttermost, salvations to the uttermost. But the same Bible that talks about that uttermost salvation also tells us to go out and reach souls, to preach the good news. So not only do we need to be sinners to the uttermost, accepting that salvation to the uttermost, but we need to be reaching souls to the uttermost. We need to witness. Jesus said if we are saved, we need to be witnesses to the uttermost. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. What does uttermost mean? It means completely, entirely, all. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the worlds and preach the gospel to every creature. We need to be preaching it to the uttermost. And I'm saying that's not just all the world does not just mean across the streets, but it uh, across the sea, but it's across the streets. Yes. Amen. It's not just going out and this is that's not a verse just for missionaries to go out and witness in Africa and Canada or anything like that. It is talking about us going to our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. starting a good news club. It's talking about us being witnesses at work, yeah. being witnesses at school, being witnesses about people that we don't want to be witnesses with. Our family members, we need to be reaching souls to the uttermost. We're getting excited. We're rejoicing at the fact that we were sinners to the right. uttermost, experiencing that salvation to the uttermost. But now we got to give that joy to somebody else. Amen. we got to go witness and reach souls to the uttermost. It's a commandment by God. Yes. We need to do it. And notice now, we talk about how we were lost and on our way to hell. And we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we rejoiced about that fact. But those uttermost, salvin- those uttermost sinners that are still in this world today, they are still on their way to hell. Mm-hmm. We're saved. We're going on our way to heaven. But there are still sinners on their way to a literal burning hell for eternity. I'm telling you right now, that is something that we need to realize. We need to really take a grasp of it. We need to... Understand that the same Bible that talks about heaven talks about hell. Mm -hmm. Jesus talked about hell more than anybody else in the scriptures. Thirteen times he talked about hell for every one time he talked about heaven. He talked about it completely because he did not want you to go there. There are souls on their way to hell right now. Uttermost sinners, just like you and I were. Until we trusted in Christ. We need to go out and witness. Does anybody have a 20 I could borrow? Can you have one real quick? Thank you. We need to reach souls to the uttermost. We need to go out and witness. Go out and preach. I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people here today that are more interested in making money than they are witnessing. We are more concerned. We don't think that, but we our actions point to that. We're not willing to... to, uh, take some time out of our day, time out of our schedule to read the Word of God, to study, to end the night in prayer because we got to get up really early in the morning. We're more interested in working the weekends and, and working than coming to church. 
and witnessing. We're more interested in getting the job done at work instead of uh, going out and trying to be a witness, going out and trying to teach, going out and trying to point people to Jesus. I'm telling you right now, there are more people that are concerned about this than they are about souls. There are more people that are more bent out of shape with this money than they are about souls. There are people in here today that are more brokenhearted about this than they are about anything else. I'm telling you, this is probably paining some of you right now. Painting some of you right now. This is probably hurting you. I did this illustration at Epic and Evan was freaking out. He was, no, no, just like so sad and hurt. But these, this, there's people that are bent out of shape about this $20 bill being burned up. $20 is nothing. But we're more hurt about this. We're more dealing with pain and irritated. Why would Michael do that? That's a 20. We're more bent out of shape about that than the fact that there are sinners on their way to hell. I'm telling you right now, there are sinners. Every second, people are dying and lifting up their eyes into a literal burning hell for eternity. They are lifting up their eyes in torments. Not just physical, but emotional as well. Tormented in this flame. Torments. But Christ Jesus has a way out. Christ Jesus has given us a perfect, perfect plan. He has given us uttermost salvation to the sinners to the uttermost. And he's telling us that are saved by the grace of God to go out and reach souls to the uttermost. Be a witness at work. Don't give up. Be a witness. Try to do good. Try to get some gospel tracts. Pass them out. I'm telling you right now, we need to realize that the same God that saved our soul wants to save your friend's souls, wants to save your family's souls, wants to save your enemy's souls. God died for the world. He loves us. And he's willing and he is able to save them to the uttermost. I'm going to read that verse one more time. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He is able to save them to the uttermost. He is able. He's got the power. He just needs somebody to go witness and make that possible.